What on earth is that? It's a Journey in the Comics Network production! The following podcast, scheduled for one fall, is for the Journey into Wrestling Podcast Tag Team Championship. Because the Warhorse will fight until he breathes his last breath. I got the whole damn world in my hands. Your arms are just too short to box with God. You just made the list! But the man is back. Daddy's home. Ricky ain't about just taking titles. I'm about taking this up to another level that you've never seen before. I'm a wildfire burning across the countryside. I am Napalm Death. Welcome to Villain Enterprise! No fame, no company, no entity. All pro wrestling. No more questions. Not that damn now. What's up, WrestleManiacs? Ho, ho, holy shit! Welcome to another episode of Journey into Wrestling. It's season five, episode 11. We are feeling festive, fresh, and full of energy here today on this Yippie Kaye motherfucking (laughs) episode of the show. I am the Podfather, your host of Ceremonies Today. Nate, today joining me as always, the man, the myth, the legend, the one, the only, the icon, the Bill du- Goldberg du- dressed Duderino. Du- du- Bill Goldberg dressed as Santa Claus. There oh, oh, I love that. Yes. <laughs> no, no, I'm not. I'm not that terrible. Oh. You wouldn't have tried to kill Taker. Anyways. Welcome back to the show yet again, the one and only Buckles. How's it going, dude? I I am doing all right. I am, I am Christmased out, but I am in a good place. It's been a good week. I'm on vacation. I am in happy spirits. Great to got see. Better, Great to hear. Got a professional ass uh, or looks professional ass setup. We are in good shape. Man, yeah, it's it's kind of cool to note that you do got the boom arm, arm for your mic. You've got new lighting, a new chair. Uh, yeah. Just a whole new perspective. Actually, didn't you rearrange as well? Uh, no, I didn't, just because I don't have the floor space in here to rearrange. Wow, so you, you're still in the same setup, but it looks totally yeah. different in a good way. It's, like, really impressive, the the change a few little tweaks can make. Yeah, you know, the cool thing was the, the boom arm and the light that I'm using only cost, like, a grand total of 25 26 bucks, something like that. Can't beat it. Not, and, uh, not at all. And- Shout out to Amazon for being on top of their fucking game for this year, this time and the the craziness that we're dealing with. They got this shit to me in like a day and a half. Wow, that's pretty fast. I'm incredibly impressed. Yeah, feeling festive. Got the uh, the old diehard Christmas sweater on, the old yippee ki mother actual fucker. (laughs) The fucker lights up. Come on. Oh, I love it. I'm glad that you're kind (laughs) of like Y2J in this motherfucker. Oh, God. Except I'm not flabby and arguing with NBA Twitter. Ooh, I saw that. I saw some people <laughs> who ended up watching from opening night of NBA that leaked into watching the Dynamite Dude, were, episode yeah. who roasted Jericho 
almost like the COVID spreading pig that he is. Well, I mean, if you look like a marshmallow, you're going to get roasted on a fire. Oh, and I even pointed out before all that happened, while we were watching Dynamite, I had sent you a message saying, dude, I'm going to be honest. Jericho does not look good. Like he's being, I'm not, he's being too drunk. I you saw the fucking meme though of him, and it looks like when your newly single aunt's going out for a night on the town, and it was Jericho. I lost my shit. I was like, like oh, I'm gonna be honest. I I am a fat motherfucker in my own my own personal self. I know that I'm an overweight son of a bitch, bro. So you're I know, in shape. I know you're in shape. Round as a shape. Round as yes. a shape. But, I feel you there <laughs> exactly. You know, but when I'm seeing the same beer gut on him that i see in my mirror there's a difference because i'm not getting paid millions exactly well i, and, I, I and i'm not here to too, body shame or anything but i'm not here to body shame offensive lineman is a body type that that's fine i ain't i ain't here to say he looks like shit or he shouldn't be in the ring or that it's just like man he's kind of let himself go a little bit i think it's a mixture of let himself go and he's at a point in his career with his age age is not time is some bitch you cannot Right. Like outrun, you right. know, and time's catching up to him and his decisions are, he, you know, he's first of all, probably not going to the gym a whole bunch. That's I've, I've read that he's got a bit of a uh, drinking problem, not to say he's alcoholic or anything, just the dude likes the beer and that's not going to help anybody's physique. <laughs> no, not at all. And of course, you know, I, Jericho also being one of those dudes who is, you know, a rock star. That life can poison people, and I, and I know he's not like, you know, oh, a super it's... celebrity, and chicks are like fawning over him. But I'm saying when you get that mentality of like playing for people, you know, it's true. It is very true, and I, I really I hate to make the rock star analog because, <laughs> I mean, flat out the guy looks like Vince Neil does now, and that's not a comparison you want to have made to you. No, definitely not. So. Uh, you know, like I said, I'm not here to body shame, but it is it is notably different. Like he is noticeably different shape than what he was. Good, bad, or indifferent. So is what it was. But yeah, I mean, a lot a, of people, a lot of people like roasted him and stuff. And you know, did he 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 started commenting back at people? Is that what you were kind of saying? He did clap back a little bit. Basically, just said, "I'm still in better shape than most of you could be," which is. Probably honestly the truth. In a lot of in a lot of senses, yeah, he's not wrong. He's and he's getting paid, like you said, an F ton of yeah, money I mean, to be doing what he's doing. So like it's not a like you said, it's not a knock against the guy specifically, more just man, he just looks a little rough. Um Which is so sad because he's a great man. He's one of my favorites. I mean he's in terms of being a wrestler, in terms of being a, a wrestling personality, not in terms of being a a person but in personality he's one of the best of all time i mean he is in that shortlist conversation for best full stop wrestlers ever and absolutely well deserved and well earned but that doesn't also protect you from criticism either so sure and i mean it's gonna happen it's happened to every wrestler and you know what i think there are very few wrestlers in our lifetime we have seen leave on top and stay gone I think right. Punk is like the example, because look True. at it. I mean I mean let I me mean, look at it like really really. You have guys like HBK who have kind of come out of retirement to do a match in Saudi Arabia and not stayed away, and Taker who's still doing things up and until Survivor right. Series this year, and you know we have uh, Sting is now in AEW doing stuff. So 
the the inability to give up the game is something that's very real. But I mean, the, Darren Aronofsky won an Oscar because of that fact. Ah, oh, the wrestler Simple fact. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Same vibe. Um, but to me, I guess the real the, the, the real thing I kind of that gets stuck in my brain is, you know, these wrestlers need and we've it's been the theme like I feel fucking three weeks in a row here. But these wrestlers need protected from themselves in some way. And uh, to some to at, some degree, yeah. At what point, you know? I mean, it, it good that they got the belt off Jericho. Got? Could you imagine if he still had the gold right now and looked like that? And had like, uh, and, yeah. I mean, and not, and, and again, not. I'm not body shaming at all. I'm not like, trying. To, I'm just saying his regression and the noticeable change that's happened to him would not look good for the company. People right. would show concern. Now that the, the belt's it, off of him, yeah. the weight's off of him. It does. It does bear saying that, especially in wrestling, because it is scripted. I mean, your body type and your athleticism is not going to is not going to determine the outcome of a match. We know this. Sure, people who are watching know this. But there does. It does need to be said that PR and image is still a big part of it. Presentation perception is still a big part of it. And you saw that with the new fans listening or coming in watching and off after the NBA game, because most of them were, I mean, I was reading tweets that were like, man, what's AEW? Why is Sting is still wrestling? Jericho is still wrestling? What is this? Mm-hmm. Like people had no idea, not just that, you know, Jericho's was champion or whatever, but didn't even know what AEW was, which I mean, the company's only been around a year and a half, not surprising, but you still have to be cognizant of that and know that if people are seeing it for the first time, you need to have something that looks good. Should have put the acclaimed Young Bucks match on first. That could have been a main event, yeah. Or that, that main event could have been on first. I honestly, you could have done the... Uh, and then put uh, that triple, the, the, the triple... Th- uh, the, God, the six-man could have the been six your, man your closing been. match of the night. Would have been great. The six man probably would have been actually. I would have recommended the six man as the match to start off the show. That would have been amazing as well. Think, the fucking because then you could still have the Bucks as the main event too. The, and Dark Order has some hot heat. They're a really great team. Kick the show off with them. Don't be afraid right. to lead with Jungle Boy and them and Luchasaurus and get people to. Because I tell you what, is if a first time fan like these NBA folks were changing the channel, they you know they're watching NBA, they're watching the Bulls get their ass mm-hmm. absolutely stomped or whoever was playing at the time. And they're like, then the AEW comes on. And you see this fucking dinosaur guy and this real right. like, attractive Lu- looking jungle boy looking dude. And this Say Luchasaurus is, is going to grab attention. Uh, jungle boy is going to grab attention based on the fact that he's our age or younger. The entire dark order, yeah. dude. Yeah. Marco Stunt is going to draw attention because he's Marco Stunt. But, dude, I mean, and, and yeah. like I said, with the. And with you finish, the- they also, they finish it with the FTR angle, too. And that's drawing people in as well. So they had tools in their belt to play with but for some reason this most recent episode of dynamite they did not maybe and listen maybe i always say this with aew they think a little further ahead than one week at a time so sometimes they they make these decisions and choices not necessarily to even care like okay we're gonna get more people that watch after the nba so fucking what we know what we're doing. We have to keep doing what we're doing and keep telling these stories. And these are how we have to tell right. it. You know, to I do think there's, there's also the there's also the idea they know their audience a little more. They are not. Yes. AEW doesn't go for the casual new viewers that WWE does. Not at all. They're more 
you know, warts and all, they are catering more towards an established crowd of wrestling fans. I mean, they'll, they'll get the casual viewers just by default as they come in, as, as long as the show is established, as the show goes on, they will bring in casual viewers for stuff like last night or Wednesday night. However, I think their priority has been to the established wrestling fans already. Um, I do want to say that's not something that problem of not leading with that best foot is not something also that is reserved just for AEW this week. Raw did the same, had the same problem. Raw opened the show with Charlotte Flair and Asuka and Shayna Baszler. The and most Nia random and fucking new tag team in the history of why are you doing we'll, this? We'll, we'll, get, we'll get to, the, we'll get to sure. the Charlotte thing in particular, but they led off the show with a Nia Jax promo. Yeah, no, you're not going to really draw people that, in. No, that whole segment was dog shit. And Lead with your that best was what they forward, chose man. Yeah. They wonder why ratings are tanking, so they're not putting any thought into their product, it seems like. But, and there's a lot that's been going on, and it's only been, because we recorded, what, last Thursday? Last Friday? No, we recorded last Wednesday. It was last Wednesday. Yeah, we, we, we recorded our, mostly on time last yeah. week. This week, we're a little late. It is, like I said, again, we are literally recording on Christmas. Yeah. It's going to come out the day after Christmas, so it's Saturday for those of you folks watching on the different uh, places. Whether you're, fair, Go ahead. To be fair, life happens. You know, we had Tuesday night holiday. Bro. I was in well, Tuesday night. I was in migraine hell. So I said, hey, do you mind if we push it off to Wednesday? And then we both forgot about dynamite going on at 10. I didn't even know. I did not forgot. It was I, I was not informed I, that, at I all. Forgot. I forgot. OK. Um, and then last night we have we're getting into Christmas Eve. Now you've got, you know, family shit. We've all got family stuff going on. So here we are. Happy holidays. Ho ho! Holy shit, we made it! Like yep, I said in yep, the intro, yep, man. Like, yep. look at you here. trying to get an ep- trying to get an episode title in early. <laughs> I'm I'm not actually trying to because I don't know if we should have another shit episode title like we're AEW where we have to drop it in the title every couple weeks. Dude, they're really trying. With that, it really they? <laughs> they do they they drop the word shit a lot and it's just like okay we get it you can say it but where's a yeah. like a damn it or a, a pissed off you know they, or calling someone yeah. an asshole or an asshat. You know, or whatever. The, part of the problem is that they're really, it's forced. Like that, uh, Jade Cargill's promo was really forced. Whereas some like Eddie Kingston can let his shit roll off the lips without even thinking about it. Yeah, so Eddie's I think it, really it part, good. He, yeah, he's a he's a professional heel. Let me tell you. Uh, so I guess sure. What uh, what promotion do we want to start mm. with? We've got we got news in pretty much every aspect. We've got New Japan, we've got WWE, we've got AEW. Okay, so we're on AEW right now. I think we should continue with AEW. I need to quickly just talk about, again, Kenny Omega's path to greatness. Uh, I think they have actually booked him into a really interesting position. And what I I mean with that. And what I mean by that is, okay, and we already saw this in AAA, okay? I, I. Real quick, let me let me diatribe or not diatribe, but uh, digress for one second. Sure. Just because you mentioned AAA. Sure. I watched that match just before we hit air tonight. Okay. Uh, literally within the last hour. And great match, great match. I'm not as high on it as I think you were, sure. but I, mostly I'm just kind of coming to realize that there's there's only so much Kenny Omega I really enjoy, and when he gets really animated and really over the top, like with his. The, all the histrionics and everything. Sure, he he aggravates me. Like, and not in a not in a heel way, but it's like, dude, 
calm down, please. He but, looks like a cartoon. He's, he looks like an anime villain. Yeah. And he when he's when he reigns it in, he's great. Um, and against somebody like Okada, which is what most of his notable stuff came against, he kind of dialed it back in, or it was played off as somebody who wasn't as over the top. Triple A is. And you kind of saw that same with Jericho and him as well. But Triple A, by definition, is way over the top in general. (laughs) Absolutely. So it was was a little too much for me at times. Still a great match, though. Laredo Kids is dynamite. The match had some great spots. I thought Laredo Kid was going to kill himself on that uh, Asai moonsault. The forklift spot? No, no, no. He did a, a springboard moonsault off the uh, like out to the rampway. Oh yeah, I know exactly what you're talking. And he about. was like yes. perfectly vertically up and down. I'm like, dude, if he wasn't there, you're coming down on your head. Yeah, <laughs> that that was cool. Uh, there were some really cool spots to it. I love the uh, the elevated uh, one wing angel though. That's a cool finish. Really yeah, cool finish. Absolutely, could have went bad, but it went really well. So yeah. Sorry for, for sorry for digressing, but I had to jump in there when no, I could. No, 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 it's okay because it actually leads back to my point because you're just saying what I needed to say. Essentially, that they starting the story with Impact and really driving the story home with Impact, and they keep doing the whole belt collector thing with Impact, and then Kenny went to Triple A. Had he lost that match, that whole idea is in an instant flushed down the toilet. Mm-hmm. So now what happens? One company has bought in and agreed. You guess that Impact's going to fall in line next, and then you know that it's only a matter of time before a couple other companies that are working close with AEW get involved as well. Yeah, I, I don't know. I'm kind of. I keep coming back and forth on the Kenny thing, like uh, the uh, the interpromotional thing, in that it's a really cool idea, and I think a lot of people are really excited about it, but they're not really following through on much of it. Like you would ask me during Dynamite if anybody had mentioned um, the Impact uh, main event made the Hard to Kill main event, and it never got brought up at all. Like nothing with Impact got brought up at all. The fact that he was on Impact never got brought up. The Mega Championship and stuff with Triple A never got brought up. All they were talking about was the match with Phoenix, it was just specifically AEW stuff. And maybe they're trying to just focus on this current match to get us to the end of the new year before they really cut loose with it? I don't know. I'm, I mean, because this is like the one unfinished, literally, if you look at the entire year in Kenny Omega slate, this mm-hmm. is the one unfinished business match that hasn't happened. So it like actually genuinely makes sense. I, I'm i just getting this, this kind of sneaking feeling that the angle with Impact and the whole idea of interpromotional thing was just was done from their standpoint, just to pop a rating for, for impact. Don Callis is leaving impact and coming pretty much to AEW full time now. So he's popping a rating for them on the way out. They're kind of doing a favor for impact, but I don't, it doesn't seem to me like they have a ton really like they're really focusing on planning it out. Right. And that the fans are hyping it up because we want to see it like guys like you and I really want to see it. So we're reading into it a lot more than maybe what they had planned. Well, let I'm me really start to get that vibe. Let me tell you, because I, I think that uh, actually maybe you you just I, I don't know. But like uh, what I was trying to tell you when when we were texting is that 
when I was watching on Impact on Tuesday night, which now I've watched like three weeks in or however many weeks that's had the whole Kenny Omega story, I've now invested three consistent Twitch-filled weeks, you know, as it were. But, uh, you know, we get to the to the ad for mm-hmm. AEW, the ad space that Tony Khan has paid for, and he's playing the the the, the like the soft cold heel. You know, where he's kind of a bad guy, but he's also kind of the good guy, you know. Right. And he says, look, tomorrow night on Dynamite, any of your wrestlers are welcome to come. And it's like this, like, throwaway line, maybe. Mm-hmm. But I asked if there was follow through because I thought, okay, maybe maybe they're going to pay it off. And I think right. it's actually smarter if they don't. And let me tell you why. If right now they're sizzling the pot a little bit and they're just letting stuff simmer and not giving us immediately what we want, there's still buzz about it. There's still this like, True. what could happen? When's it going to happen? So then when there is the moment, I'm and, and there's actual history that shows this can work for angles that maybe take a little bit longer to put together. Dolph Ziggler cashing in money in the bank is a prime example of mm. The fans bought in over time because they started to actually find ways to invest back into this long form of telling this story with him. And I think that AEW could very well be doing this where they're going to do they're going to do stuff like send Tony Khan over to do the ads with Tony Schiavone and they're going to have Kenny on their TV and they're going to want him to maybe even bring the AAA title with him to hard at hard to kill and say look rich swan i've got two of these you only have one and i'm going to take that one or whatever you know and then that leads us to where if the good brothers and kenny win you can't even question the fact that they're going to end up doing a bit on AEW because it's hot and it's it's history that's bigger than one company both promotions fit to benefit if the good brothers you know anderson and gallows uh go to aew and reunite in a bullet club type manner to have the bucks and fucking those two on the screen at the same time reunited after this long crossing of the guard where they got picked up by wwe and took this one path that led to a lot of cool shit you know maybe not the greatest run in a tag team's history and then the Bucks kind of fucking changed the whole game, and then we're back here in this like epicenter moment. It stands to get people talking about the product in a way that's bigger than just a promotion. And then when you add in your NWAs and your other companies, they're going to buy into this idea. Maybe the belt collector is a real thing we get over 2021, as long as he does Maybe. not get injured. Like. Don't get me wrong. I want that to happen. I, I think that's the thing I'm, I keep kind of flipping around in my head is I really do want that. I'd love to see it, but I'm not sure how far they actually plan on taking it. And, I don't, and the fact that they're not really acknowledging it at all is what's making me wonder if maybe I'm reading more into it. The fans are reading more into it than what they have planned. We'll see. Ooh. I mean, we, we have no way of knowing. I have a thought. What if, listen, AEW is like sometimes they're very very intelligent with how they plan things. Other times they're a little sloppy. We've seen it with Brandy. That's a very evident like, oh you can point and say that's sloppy as shit. But then you can also look at the Adam Page storyline and be like, look at what they're doing with that. It's so deep and right. thought provoking. So they can do it the time taking stuff. But like maybe this is their way to swerve smart marks because if they don't mention it, if they take the heat off of it. 
on AEW while keeping the foot on the gas on Impact, it gets the created tension of like, oh, they're not going to fucking do anything so that when they pay off, we pop right. even harder because we're That's like, very true. oh, shit, they got me. I didn't think they were going to fucking get me, and here I am. I've been gotten. That is very valid. I mean, don't worry. That is absolutely valid. Again, I'm really hoping that's what they do with it. I've, I've thought this out very thoroughly, my friend. Very the thoroughly. The difference, I think we've established this through other conversations and other, other mediums. You have a lot more of an optimistic outlook on things than I do at times. Some, <laughs> that's part of my, that's, that's my own issues. I'm a little more cynical at times about it. I force optimism into the world, man. That's the, the optimism. I can't argue is, with that. You you have to birth optimism, and it doesn't just happen. You got to just like you know make it happen. So that was I can't a, argue with that. <laughs> so um, yeah, you know, man. But listen, I love wrestling, and th- that's something that like as a as a super fan of wrestling, as someone who is listen, I, I, and, and maybe you don't know this, and this is something that the, the really the podcast has some evidence of. Kenny Jericho at Wrestle Kingdom a few years ago. Got me invested in watching Kenny Omega matches, and it got me watching consistently the New Japan product. It got See, me that's, further yeah. invested into the Young Bucks being the elite. You know where I'm going. Mm-hmm. So I have like this personal like appreciation, I guess you should say, for Kenny because he's kind of who drew me back in. Because I heard a lot about him. You hear the six star match and Okada and all this shit, and you're like. What's up? And then my dude, Jericho, my favorite, the guy who the fucking belt's on the wall right over there, man. Like, mm-hmm. like it was a big deal. So uh, right now it's like my hope is that as a super fan, I can just channel this. And en- listen, I did it with Dr. Doom. God damn it. I can do it with, with fucking Kenny Omega. It's not that hard. I'm blown away by Let me tell you what. I'll tell you here because I'm not going to say, say this on JIC because it's just too convoluted. But quickly on a JIC before this past week like a, like months maybe even a couple years ago I fantasy cast the actual four members of the Fantastic Four right you have Mr. Fantastic Invisible Woman uh, Human Torch and the thing and I said John Krasinski Mr. Fantastic Emily Blunt as as uh, Invisible Woman their real life husband and wife awesome I said Zach Efron as Human Torch because he's kind of that douchey bro look Johnny Storm I right? can dig that yeah and then John Cena as Ben Grimm the thing okay I'm not mad at that at all okay yeah. it, it's a great casting right so yeah. sub- color me surprised when two things happened this past episode of JIC I totally at minute 46, go watch it yourselves, folks. This was on Sunday, so you can go on your fucking Google and search this after what I say, and you'll know that I'm not lying. At 46 minutes into the episode, I literally said Giancardo Esposito from Breaking Bad and uh, Mandalorian should totally be Doctor Doom. And then all these fucking things happened. Like, days later, mm-hmm. all of this news broke that, like, it's possible. They might even have had talks. Like, it's fucking crazy. Now there's Vegas betting odds, and the, and he's, like, the odds-on favorite to fucking win. But then I clicked on that fucking thing, and I said all that to say this. I clicked on that thing to then see number one for the Mr. Fantastic betting odds, John Krasinski. Number one yep. for betting odds, Emily Blunt. Number three for betting odds for fucking Human Torch, Zach Efron. And number four for betting odds for the thing, John fucking Cena. And I was like, God damn, I have, man. I have, to, I have to ask. I know we're, we're getting a little further away from the wrestling, but I have to ask, who are the other three for the thing? The three above uh, the number? Let me look. 
because I was actually th- I was thinking about this earlier myself. Um, in that Krasinski was initially rumored for uh, Captain America. A lot of people wanted him for Captain America. Yeah, I think he um, even did a screen test for Cap. I think that may be right. Yeah. Uh, yes. So I'm I'm going to say that I'm one of the few kind of minority that I actually didn't mind the Michael Chiklis thing. Uh, out of the rest of the movie, uh, the sure. script may have been terrible, but I didn't mind him as the thing. No, he wasn't the terrible. Co- no, the costume maybe not so much, but the character wasn't bad. Um, and really, I'd say that for pretty much everybody other than Jessica Alba and Doctor Doom. Oh damn! But okay, so let me hear it. Uh, I found it. Yeah, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt your story, but oh, you're I'm good. Such you're good. An asshole, Jesus! I hate myself. Okay, so he- some of these names I do know. Some of these names I don't know. So uh, you know, uh, Stephen Graham is the odds-on favorite to play the thing. I don't know who that is. Followed by Dean Norris, who was in Breaking Bad to play the thing. He was uh, uh, he was the guy that looks like Michael Chiklis. Yeah, yeah, I can't think of his (laughs) fucking name. Hank, Hank, he was Hank. Laz Alonzo's on there. John Cena, as I said, Ricky Whittle, and then Letterkenny's Jared Kiso. (laughs) I don't know. I would not have tagged any of those other than Cena, maybe. Journey into crossover here. Yeah, no kidding. Journey Anyways, into back to wrestling. wrestling. Uh, we had Cena. We had Cena as the through line. It's okay. Yeah, that, that was actually kind of the point <laughs> of that, is that I, I, I fan cast John Cena, who is Peacemaker, who maybe could cross over because of James Gunn into the MCU, mm-hmm. just saying it's possible. And then I, I did fantasy cast Giancarlo Esposito as Dr. Doom, and then I just want Kenny oh Omega God. to win all the belts. Sorry, I'm just I just had the fleeting thought of oh man can we get, can we get an amalgam universe cinematic universe you know what <laughs> maybe there is a future where that could happen yeah man the amalgam comics yeah no, well because not only you have to, you would have to we're gonna get back to us it's okay no, uh, <laughs> it's okay no uh you'd have to cross over marvel and dc and disney and sony and fox and whatever else is like you're 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 playing with a lot of people's money there sure and if the script was good enough Man, just saying, people would buy into it. Anyways, back to wrestling. I want to talk <laughs> about Kenny Two Belts because he is not the only champ with two belts right now. Uh, on the other side of the pond, we got Jay White, who is Mister Two well, Belts. Do you want to do you want to stay with Impact or do you want to stay with uh, AEW? Or do you want to go to New Japan? Well, I want to kind of double cross over into it. This is okay. where we're going to kind of bridge the gap okay. just a little bit because okay. I want to quickly talk about the Jay White thing. He is now your 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 IWGP uh, Intercontinental Champ and then World Champ, if I'm not mistaken, right? No. What? No. What did he win? I saw him with two belts. What are those two belts? Dude, Wrestle Kingdom's not until next week. Did somebody uh, fantasy won. post this picture? Yeah, I think he's these okay, fucking so, dicks got me. Yes, they they trolled you here. No, let's just jump in real quick to the uh, to the to the match card because it's two nights again, and what you're sure. seeing, the Naito still has both belts. Sure, Naito still has the Intercontinental belt and the uh, and the heavyweight belt. Sure, um, uh, Kota Bushi won the G1 this year again back to back. And then turned around and lost the briefcase to Jay White. So Naito came back and then challenged Ibushi and said, no, I still want to fight you. So what they're doing is Naito versus Ibushi on night one of the of uh, Wrestle Kingdom. That's your main event. The winner goes on to face Jay White for night two main event. 
So, so Jay White gets a shot at winning both belts. Doesn't have one yet. Ooh, but then they make something interesting happen because do you see the path I see? Jay, I don't know. Well, think about it. You've got Kota Ibushi who could actually become a transitional champion and literally get the title and then lose the title and it actually fit the story they're telling because he lost the briefcase to Jay mm-hmm. and now he's lost the title to Jay and he just has this like mental block he can't beat Jay White which can maybe be their big story going into 2021. It could be, but I'm also going to say something that would is going to blow your mind a little more. Okay. And I think you'll like more is that let's say Abushi beats Naito for both belts night one. Okay. Then beats Jay White night two. So Kota comes out with both belts. Okay. Who do we know that likes people with multiple belts and has a little personal relationship with Kota Abushi? I wonder if there was a tag <laughs> team that ever existed. Yeah. With he so, and some other double belt carrying champion motherfucker. Yeah. So then you have little, led little me back to that lovers. path of they could be literally making a storyline of I've got two belts, you got two belts, who's the best bitch? And maybe put the say, listen, we'll do this. We'll literally just for the go, because Kenny is an executive, so he can tell the story how he wants. I'll put the AEW title on the line. You'll put mm-hmm. the my, because I was a champ before you ever were, New Japan title on the line. And then he beats him because, of course, storyline, and people are not ready for the crossover. We'll see. We'll see. I mean, I, I sent you the picture of Thanos Omega. I know. I know. Thanos, because hey, I, I, I sent you a comment, a comment back about uh, <laughs> about some of the other belts. <laughs> um, so the rest of the uh, card for Wrestle Kingdom, really quickly. Night one, uh, you have Naito as your main event. Uh, you have Kazuchika, Kazuchika Okada versus Will Osprey, who turned his back on Chaos and started his own faction, the Empire. So uh, Okada versus Will Osprey should be a great match. Cool. Uh, you have Hiroshi Tanahashi versus the Great Okan, cool. uh, who is also a part of the Empire faction. Uh, you have uh, Kenta versus Satoshi Kojima for the IWGP or the briefcase for the IWGP US title, which is still being held by Moxley. Cool. Um, it was supposed to be Juice Robinson, but he had to bow out due to injury, so Kojima is taking it over for him. Uh, you have Gorillas of Destiny versus Dangerous Techers, which is Taichi and Zack Sabre Jr. For the IWGP tag titles. Uh, night one, you also have Hiromu Takahashi, uh, fresh off of winning the best of Super Juniors versus uh, ELP, El Fantasmo. Uh, and then the uh, quote unquote New, J- New Japan Rambo, which is the New Japan Rumble now. Okay, uh, cool. They're going to do a Rumble style match where staggered entry uh, elimination is top rope, pin, or submission. That's and different. They're not going down to the final person. They're going down to the final four because the next night, I believe, yeah, the next night uh, on night two, they're going to have a four-way match for the winner. So uh, night two is the uh, Rumble Fatal 4-Way. The winner is the Provisional New Japan Cup champion, which is kind of, that's a new title that's been introduced this year. Uh, Currently, I do believe, um, oh, uh, I can't think of his name all of a sudden. Um, oh, Toriano is the current title holder. Basically, that belt 
can change hands in any match that has a um, stipulation to it. It's like a body slam challenge is out to where Yano won it. Okay. But the winner of the four-way becomes the new champion for this year. Cool. Um, you also have a stardom is getting an exhibition match, which is cool. Like last year, second year in a row, probably going to be a dark match, but still pretty cool that they're getting one. Uh, but you also have uh, the winner of the Hiromu ELP match is going to fight Taiji Ishimori for the uh, junior heavyweight title. Uh, Shingo Takagi versus Jeff Cobb for the open weight title, which I am stoked for. That's going to be uh, a hell of a match. Sonata versus Evil in a battle of two tag team uh, tag teammates fighting. And then the final match will be Jay White versus the night one made of it winner. Damn. So that is January 4th and 5th. Both nights should be awesome. I'm going to try to get as much watching of that in as I can. Um, I'll be back and working at that point, but I'll still try to watch as much as I can because I'm, you know, a masochist, but we'll do that. Um, yeah. Uh, Wrestle Kingdom rarely disappoints. This is their second year doing the two night extravaganza. And so far, so good. It worked out really well for them. So hopefully it continues doing well. All right. So let's snap back to reality as we do. And jump backwards to AEW for a minute to just talk about the acclaimed Bucks match because my biggest disappointment, like I said, and just I just want to mention it again, was that they didn't pay it off. But again, the more I thought about it, the more I'm actually kind of okay with it because, again, Impact is starting to kind of build momentum. I think Hard to Kill is going to be their real turning point i know that's kind of counterintuitive because they have a pay-per-view called right, turning point right, but right. you know what i'm saying it's going to be their best foot forward and i think you have an opportunity to see really two different style workers and kenny and rich swan have something special inside of a match where they are they're both protected with the tag mm-hmm. teams able to take the pin so you can have somebody like chris saban or even doc gallows take the pinfall in the match, which I think it's probably going to be more likely Chris Saban or Alex uh, Shelley to take the pinfall. And then you have, you know, yeah. more heat on uh, Kenny and co. I, I feel pretty confident in saying that that match, the ending is probably a foregone conclusion. I get in order to continue the storyline, the bullet club trio probably has to win. And that gets us to the Omega Swan title match. If they have one. That's your way into it. Well, um, that or, you know, because Rich doesn't defend it at hard to kill at the next impact, he'll he'll ha- he'll be like, you know, I'll accept any challengers and Kenny will come out and it'll right. be like a holy shit moment. And then instead of saying we're going to do it right here tonight and it's going to be a big thing. But no, we're going to save it and then they could do it for the next pay-per-view. So then you do have the buildup that you can actually draw on. Or you could do it at Revolution. Oh, Come fucking into my house and fight. I love that. And tell him to be like, look, I'll even put in. And I, I think Kenny should totally do this. If he's going to continue to challenge him, call himself the belt collector. He should consider putting up the AEW title anytime he's trying to win another title just to like really solidify it. Yeah. The only problem is that you run into some real weird, like, how do you protect both people in a loss? Because Impact's not going to well lose their main title either. Like, even if it's a short-term thing, that's still 
it's weird. You, they have to end up getting it back at some point. Well, yeah, but then, but no, not necessarily because again, we're looking territory style, dude. And the way, especially think about now with COVID times and the limited amount of time you can be wrestling and doing things. Mm-hmm. Kenny can jump from from wherever. I mean, where, where Impact? Correct me if I'm wrong. Impact is in Nashville, in Tennessee. I honestly have no clue. I'm pr- you, <laughs> I'll be honest. R and can... D department should look I, that up. I um, do believe they are. I do believe they are still in Nashville. So think about it. You've got Nashville, Atlanta, and then Jacksonville, all within an hour and a half flight of each other. Kenny can do multiple things in a day, and he can pre-record Impact shit on a Thursday after he's done his stuff on Dynamite on Wednesday Live. So there are so many options for him to be able to continue the story and be able to play a double champion or even a triple champion if Triple Yeah gets more right. into it, you know? So my question here, and, and I've, I've kind of wondered about this in a little bit, again, you can't really have... You, you can play up the territories thing, which is great, but in terms of... Okay, let's say Swan loses the title to Omega. Sure. How long is Impact going to go without their main title on the show? Unless unless Kenny's doing double duty, which that's what I'm saying. Maybe, he could easily he do double duty and just be right. a real brooding asshole champion, especially with how Impact is filmed. Listen, right. you well, could then, literally have Kenny do three weeks of promos in an hour and have them filmed was, and cut in such a way where it would seem like he's live every fucking week, and you wouldn't know the difference. It's true. Here's the other thing is that eventually, some point, somehow, again, Impact's not going to sit with its title held on AEW full-time. So eventually somebody has to beat Kenny for that belt again. And I'm sure that that can be built into the story I, as well. Right. I just, it's, it's now you're relying, Impact's booking has to rely on how long AEW is going to want Kenny to be undefeated. Well, yeah. Or that's, there that's, are also ways where tomfoolery and shenanigans causing Kenny to lose the title or not to win true. a title is a way to protect him because it's like, oh, you know, he's definitely going to beat Rich Swan, but then out he's, came fucking Alex Shelley with a cattle prod and hit him in the right. nipple, you know, Goldberg. So the one thing I would I would kind of caution against the thinking of territories is great, and then really a style like the territories is kind of what they're going for. However, the territories weren't all televised. You didn't have everybody watching all the territories at once. Sure, sure. But and I think that's going to be what's ter- the like, draw. Like, you didn't always have NWA's uh, booking affecting Smoky Mountain Wrestling's booking. So you maybe had sure. Jer- uh, said had Flair come in and win a title and then drop it two nights later because that program was over and then just go back to being a champion someplace else. Now you have people that are going to follow you from territory to territory. This is That becomes one big story with a lot of moving pieces and a lot of moving people. So I, it just depends on how much somebody like depends on how much impacts willing to give. If they let their main title holder fly the coop for a little bit. Yeah. And or, you know what that's going to cause? It, look, it, it causes interest. It does. It absolutely does. It also causes a lot of creative headaches too. So I, it's, I don't think it's not going to happen. I'm just saying there's a lot of give and take that has to go into it. And I think that you're going to see that possible. And I said this earlier and I'll say it again that, you know, in order to take down the machine that is WWE, proverbially speaking, all these little guys have to band together in such a manner that they can all benefit. And if the story is creative 
And if you've got a bunch of pissed off dudes against Kenny Omega, like there are so many right. things you could do. Oh, is Abby making an appearance on the podcast? She actually gets. I have a chair that actually supports her for a change. Oh, she's not really a fan of sitting up here in the chair, but hey, hi, Abs. Say Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, Christmas. you oh, filthy you. animal. <laughs> Literally, eh, she not filthy. She had a bathroom. Oh, there yeah. you go. All right, putting you down. So she was sitting here licking my hands. I'm like, I'm going to snag you while I got a chance. To. There you go. But uh, no, I just think that, uh, you know, this is wrestling against the machine, as it were. And you've got an opportunity to make all these little guys shine. And how fucking cool, man, would it be if right after, let's say, Kenny beats Rich Swan for that title, the very next week he shows up at NWA saying, well, you know what's coming, Aldis. It's only a matter of time. Look, I have not one. You, not you are not going to stop until you get three. the NWA <laughs> crossover. Oh, dude, it's but it's happened. I know, I know, I know, it. I know, I know. So, and I mean, you have a current NW or you have a current AEW talent who's their champ, if I'm not mistaken, right? Serena mm-hmm. Deeb's a assigned AEW talent. I know. I just, I'm more just chuckled at the fact you you are the wrestling epitome of hope springing a turtle, my friend. <laughs> hey, man. I'm not. I'm not. There. I'm mad at you. I'm mad at you. At hey. all. You said I want that to happen. I think it would be. Oh, I think it would be provocative television that would really drive people into the product further and and bringing fans. Well. And I think bringing those fans of all these indies together to say, look, we can all work together and have this interesting plane to play on that can be our own turf that WWE can't come and shit on. Like that's a huge freedom that allows networks to go. Man, maybe we should just. Like, when is a literal all-wrestling network going to happen that picks up all these little promotions and say, listen, primetime TV, ch- ch- tune into AWN, the all-wrestling network, where you can see your AEW, your Impacts, your NWAs, your New Japans, your GCWs, your Defy Wrestlings, your fucking, uh, you know, uh, Beyonds uh. and BLPs, and, and you can have specials ran. Because, look, you're a fan of wrestling. I'm a fan of mm-hmm. wrestling. There's a huge love and, and appreciation for wrestling. My dude, Javi, that I work with at my job, he's a huge wrestling fan and, like, really loves it and stuff, and we get to have amazing conversations and whatnot about it. But, like... The, the culture is so rich that I'm surprised a national network has not been created that literally just celebrates wrestling. Money. It all comes down to money. Well. all comes down to money. Because uh, the one thing that each of these networks have that guys like Turner and uh, things like uh, Anthem, who owns Impact, things they all uh, don't like sharing is money. <laughs> they don't mind sharing talent. They don't mind sharing stories. They don't like sharing revenue. Um, that's true. And that's why you, even if you do find an all wrestling, you know, a wrestling Netflix as it will, uh, wrestle flicks, you will never see WWE on it. Well, of course you wouldn't. And that's what, that's kind of the point. I don't want you to see them on it. I want you to go. Yeah, of course they're not on it. Those fucks. They, uh, you know, they obviously don't want to be involved in this cool, you know, thing, but, um, I feel like, again, we're in this really cool, glorious moment in wrestling where there's so many cool things we get to even talk about. Like, right. two years ago, if you would have been like, hey, there's possibly going to be a new promotion that crosses over with Impact and makes Impact even more prevalent and, like, things that Impact have been looking up, I'm interested in seeing what happens to Impact after Callus steps away because that is a talent hole that we have seen mm-hmm. filled well. 
or seen filled terribly, and the literal entire weight of the company hinges on the person that gets picked for that role. So what happens? Who goes there? Maybe Bischoff? I think Bischoff's out of it. I think Bischoff's I know, kind of I know. Just... He's he's into podcasting. He's kind of a recluse. He doesn't like leaving his house. I get it. Well, I'm just not saying. only that, but I think I think his his experience with WWE is probably recently has probably soured him a little bit more on it. Like I've read an interview with him recently where he was not really thrilled with how things went there. Oh, you mean and... getting announced to be a general manager of a show and being fired before you ever get seated as general manager of said show? Well, he was never never considered general manager. He was just like creative head or some, or cre- yeah, cre- some yeah. showrunner, showrunner mm-hmm. of some sort, but was never given any kind of creative freedom to do anything. So like he even made the comment that, yeah, this wasn't what I wanted it to be or what I thought it was going to be or what I was even told it was going to be. So, yeah, it just wasn't a good fit. Damn. So with, the phrase wasn't being it wasn't a good fit is a good way in, in business speak to not burn bridges, but not still say, I don't like it here. I, I will say uh, somebody burned the fuck out of a bridge again. Mr. Punk, he does not he, give a fuck about WWE, bro. He legitimately, yeah. he like, like he might've played nice for the Fox show, but he does not like them. Yeah. And he does not have fear of letting people know that. And he's actually Can you one blame of their, him? He's one of their banned people again, man. It's like, can you blame him for not having for not being a fan though? No, I Based can't on the way blame he him. Claims they treated him, but totally, yeah. totally. Obviously, the story is awful and everything. It's just, uh, it's an interesting situation where if you were WWE, don't you want to make nice with everybody so that they can't go army against you? Because Punk going to one of these promotions to finish his career out and live his his sunset days, if ever happens, like they don't care. If you're WWE, no, they don't care. CM Punk is still the most talked about wrestler in the entire business. WWE just had their most profitable year in history. With the lowest ratings and all with low ratings, with a speaking out movement against their wrestlers, with association with Saudi Arabia. They do not. But but a lot of that money they made was from Saudi Arabia, right? Their their boosted revenue was from that. They made they made a shitload of money because of Saudi Arabia. They made a shitload of money because of the deal with Fox. But again, that deal with Fox is made with them having ratings in the toilet and all that shit. They're making money hand over fist, and they could give a shit less what happens. That's why. Full stop. The reason you don't see any improvement in WWE is because they have no reason to improve. So let me ask you this question then. Do you think I was I was pausing for like, you know, dramatic effect there. Sorry, but like. (laughs) But do you think we will see the hard left turn that these uh, networks want out of WWE or and you'll be able to actually say and maybe talk on this a little bit more because you've seen the product more recently than I have because I didn't see TLC. Are they already in the process of doing that hard turn into the more adult content again? No, I don't think so at all. Um, I, I WWE will not. They have always shown a willingness to do shock things for shock reasons to try to grab attention. They still like getting ratings. They still like getting pops, but that doesn't mean they're going to change their change their uh, uh, their format or their system up. The closest you got was actually the absolute opposite way in going PG back in the early two thousands. Yeah, and that made them a shitload of money. So they 
the networks may say, well, we want better ratings and, net, and WWE can say, well, we're giving you consistent ratings. They may not be the greatest, but they're consistent every weekend. And until USA can request all they want for dramatic content, for adult content, for whatever. And maybe USA is getting a little, uh, a little leery of the fact that TNT is doing better with AEW. They care more about ratings than WWE does. But until and we've seen it before with other promotions or other other uh, uh, sponsors or other entities that have dealt with WWE, until money is involved, WWE does not give a shit. Sure. The, May- the Fabulous Moolah Battle Royal was the Fabulous Moolah Battle Royal until Snickers decided to pull funding. Yep. Until USA says, well, change your programming or we're not going to re-up with you. No, WWE won't change anything. Until Fox tells them, hey, we want different content or we're not going to give you two more billion dollars. No, they're not going to change anything. And That's a spice of money. And the idea that Vince McMahon, who, let's face it, anything that gets changed is going through Vince. Until he decides that he wants to change something, no, nothing will change. Yeah, you're right. And so they, in my mind, the whole idea of, of AEW is competition for WWE. It's only competition in AEW's mind. And that's that's good. It's good that it, it's it's competition in AEW's mind. It's probably competition in terms of the talent's mind. They so, want to outperform, and that's great. So what do you but, make of talent claiming that consistently at NXT they have AEW programming on? That's it's, Triple H, not Vince. Okay, well, fair. That's Triple H running the show, not Vince. Uh, Triple H, who is more competitively minded. Sure, Triple and he's H wants, the guy that's going to be taken over. Triple H wants to compete and have healthy competition. Vince wants to go in and break you. Vince wants to fucking uh, Ivan Drago you. But the fact still is that until they have significant reason to change, competition is not reason to change. If they were, I mean, you could say if they were consistently losing to AEW, well, they are. They have yeah, been. they look like and ass. Not, yeah, and nothing's <clears throat> changed. You get arguments. You may have an argument from USA, but again, until show me the money, show me the argument, then they're not going to change anything. And WWE will continue to call their bluff and say, hey, we've done this for you for X amount of years, and you've never complained before. Yeah, you're, I mean, you're right, man. It's just um, I feel like WWE needs a swift. It's like this. And 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 it's it's just a fact. WWE is like the sleeping giant. They have mm-hmm. the tools. They have the money. They have the skills. They are complacent right now. They are lazy. Yeah, they, they don't are. care. And a, a, listen, if I was okay, so just we're just gonna fantasy draft this moment. And I'm sitting here, and I'm you know blitzed out of my mind, and my phone rings, and it's a fucking number from Connecticut that I don't know, and I... My my lighting just went out. Yeah. Did <laughs> my, it brand really? new light, my brand new lighting rig, apparently a, a selfie ring is not meant to sustain for a 45-minute long selfie, apparently. Damn. Okay, well, you still <laughs> look all right. For it. You still look all right. much for it. Yeah, your your screen is keeping you illuminated nicely, so don't, uh, don't worry it's about the, it. It's the kitchen behind me, actually. Oh, wow. That's Fooled. why it's coming from uh, from an angle. Fooled me. I I couldn't tell, but uh, we'll, we'll we'll keep experimenting. We'll figure that shit out. But if, okay, so the w, there's a number from Connecticut calling me, and I'm, I'm stoned out of my mind, and I'm like, oh shit, I got a pants, and I and I actually pick up the n- unknown number, 
and I'm, and I'm like, hello, and then on the other, other, hello, this is Vincent Kennedy McMahon, and God damn it, I need I you. First, uh, you have to ask. You have to ask you if you would be man's millions. You have to ask that by law. <laughs> and I'll be like, "Yeah, man, and did you? Did I just win man's millions?" And he's like, "You funny son of a bitch. We're gonna figure it out. Cause maybe if you can solve my problem." So, anyways, he gives me an opportunity. Says, "What would you do different? How would you improve WWE as a whole? Not just." On a storyline basis, I don't want you to come in here and tell me what stories to tell because I want to be able to play in my sandbox. But from a viewer's perspective, what fucking sucks that needs to change? Here's some of my biggest pet peeves with WWE product. And this is obviously subjective, too, because right now we're in COVID mm-hmm. time. So hopefully when we're on the other side of this, this changes and allows them to go back to this ideology. But when I was a kid, one thing that like literally... I was like a kid in the candy store. Every fucking weekend there was a pay-per-view to find out, to see if I could look on the internet when that was a thing that was an available option, if I could see pictures of the sets of the pay-per-view because they were always so unique and different and fucking wild and there was a fucking electric chair at Judgment Day or there was a fist for fucking SmackDown and, and all these great... A backlash had the fucking swinging size. Like, Jesus right. Christ, yeah. man, they were cool. Yeah. Where is that? It's not here. It's pissing me off. That's what no, I tell Vince. I would be like, you're 100% right. Um, your product is lame because you stopped trying and putting in the little efforts. It's the small stuff, man. You want to you talk about small stuff? Fix the sets, make your sets different, stop scripting your promos. Exactly. Let your wrestlers be their wrestlers. You know, allow them to fuck up. And if they flounder, then that Learn is not it. someone who is not meant to be the top talent. Let that well, be a, a learning. Well, not, not even that, but if they flounder, then maybe it actually sounds like they're naturally talking. There you go. More um, human, more personal right, connection. Right. Stop scripting and ma- micromanaging everything down to the letter. Um, get some better music because your music sucks. Overall plans that are more than a day in advance. Yeah, that's that's I'm looking little things first. Sure, sure, little sure. Things. Get your better get your music better because the current music you have is terrible. Get rid of um, most of your titles and try again. I wouldn't even say that. Leave I'm I'm looking again, little things. Little things first. Okay. Um give me uh give me actual videos for people's entrances again. Instead of having just a name and a font that just cycles back and forth, Give me an actual old school video. I used to love watching the Titan Tron videos. They were unique. They had different style. Or when you had a moment where like some of the wrestlers, their entrance was infused with the Titan Tron footage. So you would mm-hmm. see like DX like, kicking ass and shit. And then it would go back to them going to the ring and shit. They, they've like, got, yeah. So here's a good example. Carmella right now, her new character. They had this weird Tron video of her like dancing behind a like it's like her face behind a chain link fence, which has no connection Purpose, to yeah. whatsoever yeah and then they do uh, the big uh sheet like the, the air blown like a white sheet with her supposedly dancing behind it but then you realize that yeah the the dancing image is facing that direction and when it drops she's facing this direction so clearly not the same person it's clearly photoshopped or, or edited but then when they when she walks down the ramp her t- her tron video is just her name so it's completely disconnected from everything else um 
most of the time, if you look at a Tron video for anybody right now, it's a logo or it's their name. That's it. That's it. That's all it is. And some different color scheme behind it, maybe an animation. That's it. It feels like a slideshow. Um, Pyro coming back is a big idea. That's helpful. Yeah. What it does for AEW. Look at the Bucks entrance. Yeah. It's cool. Yeah. It's different. Unique. It um, sticks out. <clears throat> and if you want to go a little further macro, uh, looking at bigger things, make your shows different. I actually was thinking about this yesterday. Um, there was an article from Cage Side about uh, KO, Kevin Owens, talking about how he wants NXT to be viewed as a third brand, as a legitimate third brand. And I'm going, you know what? No. No, because then you lose what makes it in, individual. Yeah, I've, you lose I've its talked, originality. What's the difference between Raw and SmackDown? Between the color. Rosters? The color, the length of time, and the roster. That's it. Everything else is the exact same. There's no, there's no difference. It's all one big show. And there's no reason to care about one or the other, or no reason to other than roster to say, "Hey, I'm excited for this show." Um, why don't we change up uh, the way the backstage interviews are done? Impacts are actually really interesting. The way they kind of do it off the cuff, looking like like found footage, or it's actually cinematically trailing around, following behind people backstage, yeah. rather than the same interviews that WWE's been trotting out since 1985. And we're cut to the screen where he's in front of the screen, and he's and I'm here with Johnny B. Fuck yeah. off, right? How about you show me some wrestlers who are watching television in a manner that humans actually watch television? No, we're going to stand them off to the side where they're looking out the side of their eye because you have to have the screen on camera too. Um, why don't we have matches that actually follow the rules? Yes. Uh, last week, this week, this past week on Raw was one of the worst finishes to a show I've ever seen. Uh oh. I mean, it was a. Uh, <laughs> we're 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 di- we're all over the place in this episode. We're jumping. Hey, we're alive, pal. We're, we're we're all over the place. But uh, the finish to Raw this week was a six man, six man tag team street fight. How do you tag team a street fight? You know, that would be something that would be nicely explained to us if they actually bothered to tell us. However, but here's what we got. Here's what we got. They didn't give us any explanation whatsoever as to how the rules would change or what rules there were. What we got was a six-man tag match that followed with everybody following the rules. People tagged out. People were afraid of DQs. In a street fight? Yeah. No one was – no one – interfered no one you know did anything you will if you look at twitter during that show and i was live tweeting this raw the 95 percent of the tweets about raw were do they know it's a street fight did they announce this is, they announced this is a street fight right why is there's stuff all over the sides of the rain there's like cookies and and christmasy shit and it out of a 20 minute long match five minutes left in the show somebody grabs a candy cane kendo stick and does some shit with it but for 75% of that match, it was no different than any other six-man tag whatsoever. That's awful. And, yeah, it was terrible. It, and it looked like the people involved in it, it was uh, McIntyre, uh, Keith Lee, and um, Sheamus versus AJ, Miz, and Morrison, I do believe. And none of them really looked like they knew what was going on. Like, Keith Lee finally was the one who got out and said, oh, yeah, I could do this, right? They're holding on to the tag rope, waiting for a tag, a legal tag. It's a street fight. Run in and punch him. 
It's a and, street fight. Why are you standing on the apron? Go fight the dude across from you. Just right, get into right, war. Right. And so it, it's endemic to me that the problem there isn't. I mean, this is obviously one match. It's a fuck up. This was a scripted issue or scripting issue. But why don't you actually follow through on what you're asking for? Don't don't insult our intelligence. I made the comment on Twitter that. Uh, WWE made a, a, a point at the very beginning of the Attitude Era. If you remember, there was a video of Vince McMahon before Raw one night saying, we're changing things up. We've been yeah. insulting your intelligence for too long, and we don't want to insult your intelligence, so we're changing things up. And that was kind of the birth of the Attitude Era. I remember they're that. No longer, they're no longer in, worried about insulting our intelligence. Their new they MO enjoy to, it. Well, no, their new mo their new mo is to just destroy our brain cells entirely beforehand, and that way it doesn't matter. I mean, yeah, that's true too. There's there's too much dumb shit that goes on. Hey, let me just ask this question: How can a wrestler commit murder on live national television? <laughs> can we just like uh, sort? Well, of... I mean, did he did he commit murder because Bray Wyatt was tweeting less than twenty four hours later? Now I'm even more confused. I saw a crispy fire eyed motherfucker. Um. And then Randy Orton. I mean, if you want to make the if you want to make the argument that they need to bring kayfabe back, that that genie's out of the bottle. It ain't coming back, no matter what you, me, or anybody else says. Without uh, short of rebranding the entire show and starting from scratch with Lucha Underground or something, they ain't bringing kayfabe back. However, um, yeah, they burned Bray Wyatt alive. <laughs> we had capital murder, but. It doesn't matter if it's a no DQ match. <laughs> I guess so. If you want to kill someone, just make sure there's no disqualifications. And make sure that you're a fan of the Mandalorian and hype it afterwards, too. Yeah. Um Yeah. TLC wasn't bad. That's that's the real the real kind of the the whiplash effect of WWE is sure. True. TLC was pretty good. TLC was very fun. And then Raw, twenty four hours later, was dog shit. <laughs> Was absolute dog shit. Um, The TLC card, if you want to run down really quick, um, you have uh, Drew McIntyre beating Miz, uh, beating. Spoiler alert: not just AJ Styles, but AJ and Miz, who cashed in his Money in the Bank contract mid-match. Which I thought Miz was supposed to be a conniving, you know, opportunistic heel. Why mid-match? Yeah, why mid-match? Why make it a legal thing? <laughs> why give yourself a chance to lose? So kind of get a dissonance there. But Drew beat both of them, so that's done. Uh, you have the women's t- uh, tag team match in which we have this whole Lana storyline that we get dropped at the last second for, hey, Charlotte's back, and she won the title in her first match back because people didn't have enough of that before she left. Um and yeah, way too. We you remember when uh, Shayna Baszler was a threat? Remember when she had this like two year long reign of terror on NXT and was the most dominant champion? They well, had? yeah, and then and I then remember when in, she came into the fucking was that the elimination chamber? And, and yeah, she and fucking ran the table, ass. fucking ran the table. Yeah, no, we yeah. called that episode Shayna rules ass. Yeah, um, or hungry, hungry Shayna rules ass was, hungry, was the yeah. episode title. Yeah. But. But, yeah, we remember that. WWE doesn't remember that because now Shayna's taking pins left and right. She got pinned by Lana twice, um, who's now squashed off the map. Uh, we have, in a very good match, uh, Kevin Owens versus Roman Reigns was a great TLC match. Uh, 
I mean, again, no, 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 no qualm, no jokes aside. That was a very good, very fun match. Go watch it. Sweet. Um, you have uh, Sasha retains against Carmella, so Carmella's nice rebranding is ruined by her losing clean. Of course. Um, and then, uh, yeah, then Orton commits murder. Um, we have, and, uh, to their credit, uh, take a step back, not to their credit, it was they announced that it was a Firefly Inferno match less than a week before the match, so no promotion for it whatsoever. Just kind of got thrown out on Twitter after after Raw had ended. Just decided, oh, let's spice it up a little bit, get more viewers. Right. Um, to their credit, the Inferno matches in the past have not been great because they're really kind of dumb. If you remember, the last Inferno match was uh, the Wyatt family versus Undertaker and or Undertaker and Kane or something along yeah. those lines where they actually had to throw a blanket over the fire to get somebody out of the ring. Dumb. But because of the Thunderdome and the fact they have cinematic capabilities and pre-tape capabilities, they were able to pull this off in a convincing fashion. It was a cool show. It was a cool match. Cheesy over the top, absolutely, but you expect that from an Inferno match? Sure. You're burning a guy but, alive. Yeah, but it was it was cleverly done, or at least the setup was cleverly done. The ring looked cool. Like they had fire everywhere. It wasn't just a little trough around the ring. Cool. They had fire all over the fucking place. And then funny enough to me, again, bear in mind, they have these like flaming spiral things coming off of barricades everywhere. There's Mm -hmm. flames like in a trough all the way around the barricade. There's fire fucking everywhere. But then you have a spot where uh, Bray or Randy is sitting in the rocking chair that's been doused in gasoline and Bray does the whole trail of gasoline away from it. And the spec fire being readily prevalent everywhere around you pulls out a Zippo. Because how am I going to get fire without this? And then for later on, when Bray himself gets lit on fire off the barricade, that ends the match, even though we didn't get a bell or anything to say that the match was ended because they never gave us any kind of rules up until right before the match started anyway. Um, so Bray gets lit off the barricade, thrown into the ring. Orton goes and douses him in gasoline again. And then goes and grabs a book of matches. Because, again, we don't have enough fire already. We don't have ready sources of fire everywhere. Hell, Bray lit a fucking strap at one point, pulls a strap out from under the ring, lights it on fire off of one of the torches. Cool as shit. Why great idea. Great that? use. Great use. So if you can do that, why do you need the book of matches? <laughs> also, first time, and this had nothing to do with uh, with uh, anything fire-related, but Bray used a fucking pickaxe as a weapon. <laughs> Why do they have a pickaxe under the ring? Why is That's there a pickaxe the under a wrestling ring? Fucking thing. I don't know. I have no answers. Um, and quick diatribe. What's WWE's budget for kendo sticks? Why do they randomly have kendo sticks laying under the? I don't the know, ring man. That's a great at question. any given point in time. And how many are they allowed to buy? Because <laughs> they're they're keeping. They seem like they're single handedly keeping kendo stick companies afloat at this point. Um, so yeah, but we end, end the night with Bray or the dummy that we cut to that was Bray. I was watching it to see if that, if that dummy was still breathing. I wanted to see if that was actually Bray in a fire suit or something. Yeah. But no, it's, it's, it's pre-taped. So no, that's a dummy, but 
fully lit on fire and Orton poses and walks away having committed capital murder. Um, something mentioned on cage side this year, how many deaths or, you know, attempted murders have we seen on, on, on uh, WWE programming this year? We had two people get thrown off the fucking roof. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, when was the last time you saw John Cena? He disappeared. He wiped, he I was can't wiped out him. of existence. He was wiped out. Of AJ Styles got buried alive. It's true. That is at least four murders that we have seen this year. Yeah, man. Not, to, not counting the fact that uh, Seth Rollins tried to put somebody's eye out. <laughs> so, if you want, they wanted adult content. We've already had it. <laughs> yeah, in some ways, but it's still it's still tame. I mean, there's still not it's, the Attitude Era, and we're never going to get back to that with WWE. We have to be honest with ourselves. It's not ever going to come back unless a lot of things change, and that's not it's not going to happen. It's it's also not 1995. People's tastes change. Mm. Go back and watch some of the Attitude Era shit, and it's cringy as hell. You can pay, you can put some rose-colored glasses on because we love The Rock. We love DX. We love Austin. The McMahon rivalry is fantastic. Mankind was great. Taker, Kane, great. Draws, no. Uh, Godfather, maybe not. Um, Prince Albert, no. Prince Albert, no. Dog collar or dog kennel match. Val Venus, no, no, no. no. Choppy choppy the pee pee, no. Um, women, no. <laughs> just, just full blanket full statement, statement. No, <laughs> the women, no. <laughs> Tory Runnels, double uh, gold, no. Gold dust and bondage gear, no. <laughs> Luna Vachon, uh, no, please. Um, yeah. It's not all not all good. The headbangers, no. Um, no. <laughs> so, like, the idea of going back to the Attitude Era is something that people have said for years and years and years and years and years. And adult content's going to bring ratings back. It might. It, it may very well. But you're never going to get the Attitude Era again because we're not – people change. Your viewership has changed. Yeah. The people – you, when was the last time you saw you know people walking around in flannel and and torn up jeans and kilts? You know, grunge isn't popular anymore, so maybe not so much. The Gen X, as it were, maybe not so much. You, what are we going to have? Degeneration millennial? Is that what we're aiming for? <laughs> because you could argue that's retribution. Uh, um, <laughs> just just throwing out there. Um, so yeah, that that was TLC. Uh, Raw, I, I don't feel compelled to touch on anymore. We didn't really finish up with AEW news, just to go back to it a little bit. Sure, Talked plenty of much about Kenny. Um, we mentioned Hungry Hungry Shayna. We have Hungry Hungry Abaddon now Man, with more blood. She's on fire with that shit now. With but you know what? It's more believable when Abaddon does it than Shayna. For because real, Shayna was never Shayna was a UFC fighter, not a fucking zombie. Abaddon is a zombie. <laughs> And I fear for Hukaru Shida's life because she may already be a zombie. This is how things work. Um, you also you mentioned uh, the acclaimed. We did have both acclaimed and top flight on the same show, so new tag team spotlighted, new blood spotlighted. It's a very yep. good thing. Yes, uh, we have it inner is. circle. We have inner circle drama in both uh, expected and unexpected. Expected in we're going to get a hoss fight between uh, between Hager and Warlow. Yeah. Yes. Um, and then we get this really weird segment with MJF going to talk to Santana and MJF being kind of bare heart and honestly 
open and not heelish and pulled it back a little bit not mjf at all sure very weird so we have some inner circle drama and then uh one thing that you may not have heard about yet um have you heard about the injury uh, no Uh, so we had the announcement from kip and miro about the wedding date and they kind of trolled everybody because you we were told to expect best friends to come out and 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 interrupt the segment they had teased that last week uh and they they kind of trolled the viewers by showing or kind of leading some oh man best friends are coming out and then you have miro and kip no 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 we, we we took care of that already and then you see trent getting loaded out in an ambulance right um come to find out trent went online later and said hey i have a torn peck and i'm out for a little bit of time damn so you may have uh two-thirds of the best friends the uh, little known gentleman's club uh tag team from the indies of orange cassidy and chuck taylor kind of handling some business for a little while I like that. Um, Those two are still great as well. It sucks about Trent tearing his pack, yeah, though, that's, man. Ah. If it's if that's true, if that's not kayfabe in any way, then, yeah, he's going to be out for a couple months probably, if not longer, which sucks. really does. Is, you know, silver lining is that clearly AEW's got tag teams to step up. They they have the opposite problem from WWE where there are you know, two tag teams in each division. AEW's got more tag teams than they know what to do with, which is great. It's wonderful. It's bountiful. Um, I kind of wonder if I'm, you know, I mentioned comp- competition and what Vince thinks of AEW earlier. There's part of me that wonders if AEW's focus on tag team wrestling and bringing tag team wrestling back doesn't feed into Vince going, eh, we'll do the opposite then. Yeah. You know, that makes me wonder about it, honestly. Um, moving in real quick to NXT. Um, well, I do have one question very quickly uh, regarding WWE programming, major, uh, the main roster of WWE. Uh, the Slammies for Wednesday morning. It was a thing that happened. And Wednesday morning? Why? They did, it on the, they did it on the Bump show, their little social media show, which I don't care. No one cares about the Slammies anyway, so it doesn't matter. I didn't even um, know they had a social media show, bro. Come on. Yeah, they've done the Bump's been around for most of this year. I don't know half the people that are on it, but um, I do want to point out their other two shows, Talking Smack and Raw Talk, both still appointment viewing. They brought both of those back significantly. Um, There and I, I don't know if I got a chance. I don't think I sent it to you. I, I meant to. I don't know if I did. Uh, Prior to TLC on Friday night, um, after SmackDown, they had Talking Smack and KO, and God bless Kevin Owens for one. this should tell you how good the segment is alone because the two people involved in it were Kevin Owens and uh, Paul Heyman. Ooh, okay. Always, Paul's been a, a fixture on these shows for the last couple of weeks. Uh, just kind of not really co-hosting, but just being a presence on the show. And they ended SmackDown prior to TLC with Owens telling uh, Reigns, "You're going to have to kill me. I'm going to I'm going to take back the title, or I'm going to die trying." So go to Talking Smack. Uh, uh, Heyman's already out there on, on commentary or on at the table talking. And out comes KO, who's been had his ass kicked, you know, very recently. Within oh, the last yeah. 20 minutes, had his ass handed to him. He just kind of kind of staggers up, grabs a chair, and says, Hey, you know, looks at Caleb Braxton, who's running the show. And says, 
I need a minute. Can you can you move away from just I all due respect? I you and I need he and I need to talk. And Owen sits down and says, Paul, I need I respect you. I respect everything you've done. I respect everything you've done for this business. I need you to do something that's very hard for you to do. Shut up. Don't talk. Let me talk. Don't talk. And very calmly laid out everything, like just sold the match. If I can find that clip, I'll, I'll get it to you. Please do. It's it's excellent. It's a great promo. It's it's echoing back to the time when Miz and Daniel Bryan were on Talking Smack and they had full reign to do whatever the fuck they wanted to. That's the kind of pro- stop scripting your promos. You'll get this, and it's wonderful. Um. So yeah, I will find a way to link that to you. Please do. Um. Going over to NXT really quickly. Uh. They had the very Gargano Christmas. Yeah. Did you happen to see? Have you seen any of NXT from this week? No. It was fun because okay. it's the the Gargano faction is now Johnny, Candice, Austin Theory, and Indy Hartwell, and they did this really super cheesy christmas thing like interspersed throughout the show of uh i johnny gave uh, uh theory the gargano way w-e-h-w-h-e-y protein powder that he was just munching on throughout the show gargano had the camcorder out was filming the whole thing like 1992 that's kind of awesome okay um, highlight of the show was that uh <laughs> indy hartwell unwraps a ps5 and she goes it it's empty there's nothing in here. He's just, no, no, no. The PS5 is mine. <laughs> Gargano, Gargano, no, the PS5 is mine. This is just for show. We are bestowing upon you as your gift the the family nickname. And you are now known not just as Indy Hartwell, as Indy Wrestling. And Candice LeRae goes, and we support Indy Wrestling. <laughs> it was fantastic. Damn. The whole thing was so cheesy. Like, Austin Theory was trying to eat cookies the entire time. They kept having to get after him. It was they're all wearing like matching pajamas. It was great. I need links. You got to send me links to some of this shit. Uh, I want to see. I them. mean, that, that, that was just the whole. Go back and watch NXT from this week. That ran through the whole show. Oh, I gotcha. Um, and it was just a good show. It was a worthwhile show to watch. Um, we also had Mercedes Martinez jumped Io Shirai. Yeah, in she a, returned in a, in a very cool swerve, actually, uh, because you had Tony Storm threatening Io at first. And then when EO comes out and says, hit my music, and she goes out to the ring and is waiting and calls out Tony Storm, gets jumped from behind by Mercedes Martinez. Completely out of nowhere. So really Sweet. cool moment. Yeah, I know um, you're big on Mercedes. Extremely, yes. Great stuff. Mercedes and EO Shirai should be a fucking match of the year quality match whenever that happens. I am here for it. Um, but they're building up to their New Year's Evil, which is next week. And they're loading that card. I'm going to struggle to find a reason to watch AEW over NXT next week. Damn. I've never, I haven't right now. I don't know that you've said that since we've had AEW programming confirmed matches for new year's evil so far. Uh, Last woman standing match between uh, Raquel Gonzalez and Rhea Ripley. Last woman standing. Okay. Awesome. Um, Here for it. Kyle O'Reilly, Finn Balor for the title here for it. Any stipulation or is it just a match straight up match? Okay. Tommaso Ciampa and Timothy Thatcher in the fight pit. Oh, that's interesting. It's only the second, only the second fight pit match they've had. And that's, that's built up as Thatcher's domain. I'm here for that too. I love both of them. I love yeah. the fight. Pit and this, idea. Is a, this is their second match on a major takeover, right? Yeah. 
Well, it's not even a takeover. This is this oh, is a regular their, show. Well, yeah, but it's takeover level quality booking. Yeah, they're put they're they're putting a lot of effort into making this look like a takeover, which is cool. The only thing really holding it back to me is probably going to be the commercial breaks, like we've talked about before. Um, they're also teasing. Uh, I don't know if it's been confirmed yet, but uh, Damian Priest and Carrying uh, Cross. Ooh. And we have Gargano is going to have to defend his title against Leon Ruff again. Uh, that I don't know if that's going to be next week or not, but it should be. Shit, that is so, a I mean, stacked that's, card. That's a stacked ass card. Uh, NXT again. I we don't talk about it quite as much. I don't get. I don't watch NXT live because I'm watching AEW, and it's difficult to watch it after the fact. Um, for me, I struggle with watching streaming stuff anyway. I'm bad at TV. We've talked about this in private before, but going back and trying to watch NXT when you've already seen spoilers for it, it's a little difficult. Yeah, because you know what's coming. And the quality of matches gets broken up by the commercial breaks, just like we have at AEW as well. It's the one bugaboo that they're really going to have to fight no matter what promotion you're in. Um, But NXT is still every bit as consistent as they always have been. The the talent level is right there. Uh, They're bringing in new talent all the time. They re-debuted Bronson Reed, who is going to probably be getting a big push. There's all kinds of really cool stuff. I guess uh, I think Loomis is hosting New Year's Evil, which will be fun. Nice. Um, so, yeah, there's a lot going on for NXT that's worthwhile. Uh, they still haven't finished really the uh, Shotzi Blackheart Candice LeRae feud. Really hasn't kind of hasn't ended, I guess. <clears throat> Their women's division is still second to none. Their tag division is kind of lacking, but they're trying to make up for it. Um, it's all good. It's all been good. Um Tonight, you may know, we're actually recording this while SmackDown's airing. SmackDown is pre-taped because it is Christmas. And WWE may be Heartless Monsters, but that apparently not on Christmas. Um, they can support a, you know, an Iranian uh, journalist getting butchered, but they will not support having wrestlers work on Christmas. <laughs> they got to keep up an appearance, bro. So I haven't seen the show, but we do know, spoiler alert, Big E wins the Intercontinental title off of Sami Zayn in a lumberjack match and uh, Kevin Owens loses in a cage match uh, for the title two rings again. So we do know what has happened. I'm going to go back and watch it after the fact, but that's why we're not talking about it right now. That's why we're airing when we are. Correct. Amundo. So that's as far as headlines. That's all I've got. We've, we've been, we've been all over the place in terms of headlines, in terms of everything else. Yeah. We've pretty much covered it all, man. It's uh, you know, honestly, we are, Again, in a sweet spot of wrestling. It's it's really interesting, the holiday season, a lot of times, because you do have wrestling, taking time off, getting away from normal right. stuff, a lot of pre-taped things. This is the first pre-taped SmackDown since, I think, like early May, I want to say, when Something we were like still in really heavy COVID. I mean, we're obviously in the worst of the COVID times now, but right. uh, just, you know, saying that when we were I mean, really heavily guarded as a people was the last time they did the pre-tapes. So it's interesting to get back to that a little bit. And right, I mean, even this time of year is when indie wrestling kind of takes a little bit of a downturn normally. So they're even in the worst downturn right now. But um, even this time of year, normally indie wrestling is kind of kind of taking a back burner for a little bit. Absolutely. Um, I do want to uh, give a little uh, shout out for next week's show. Sure. Uh, we are going to be doing the year-end awards next week. I get the feeling that's probably going to take up most of the show. Did last year at least. Oh, it is. Uh, so I did want to kind of uh, jump into something really quickly um, about 
next week's show. And for anybody that's listening, I want to give out the categories ahead of time. Sure. Like what, what our categories I'm using. This is using last year with a couple added on. Sure. Um, so if you want to, if you want to, uh, we'll give you the categories. Give us your submission. Send them to me on Facebook. Send them to us on Twitter. Join in the conversation. Buckles will Let's most likely on Twitter tweet the categories and have you I will. guys I will. say what you think should win. And maybe we can, you know, put uh, compare you know, and contrast. Well, not only that, we can shout these people out and say who their picks are on the episode and give them some love. Definitely. Maybe they have a podcast they run or some shit. Definitely. Um, so we have categories: best comedy match. Okay. Best comedy moment. Okay. Like would be the comedy match versus comedy moment being something that happened out of outside the ring or something like that. Sure. Um, best angle, worst angle. Sure. Best promo. Most improved. Sure. Uh, best promotion overall. Best tag team. Uh, one thing I'm splitting up, uh, best OMG moment, which would be the most, oh my God, what's going on? And the most WTF moment. Okay. Which, what the fuck is going on? A little bit of positive versus negative. Sure. Uh, the spot of the year. We have falling star and rising star, both in male and female. So one category for falling star, one category each for uh, best female rising star, best male rising star, female star of the year, male star of the year, match of the year is the big one. And then for 2020, Cinematic match of the year. <laughs> Ooh, I love it. There were several cinematic matches. So, again, join in. Tell us what you think. Tell us what your picks would be. Nate and I will have our picks next week. Yes, we will. Hopefully, Buckles looking, will remember to send me the list. Just I have them on my phone. I have them on my phone. I have them on my phone. Actually, I have to edit it because I have some of my picks already made. Um because I have nothing better to do with my time than think about wrestling all the time. <laughs> Anyhow. Oh, hell yeah, um, man. Oh, hell yeah. I had, that's terrifying. What you just did was terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's Christmas, not Halloween. Please stop. Oh, hell yeah, man. I don't even know what I did, fuck. I can't uh, remember. I don't, I don't know, but that YouTube's going to be terrifying now. Oh, hell yeah. Man. I don't know. Whatever it was. <laughs> oh, God. Do we have an episode title? Uh, I, I don't know, man. There's been several really good things. I almost want to call it wrestling against the machine. You've got ho, ho, holy I like shit. I um, like wrestling against the machine. I do okay. like that. I okay. do like that. So we'll stick with that on this very festive episode of journey to wrestling buckles. Is there anything else we should talk to about them before we get out of here on the wrestling episode of the podcast? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how to fall. No, um, as always, you check us out on uh, on Twitter, uh, on the Facebook page as well. Uh, JIW on JIC. I live tweeted last week's Raw. I'm probably going to live tweet uh, Raw again this week. Uh, I'm on vacation, so I have plenty of free time. Send me texts. Send me tweets. Chat with me. God, en- engage with me. I'm so lonely. <laughs> Aww. Aww. Uh, um, yeah, by all means, uh, engage with us on Twitter. Talk back with us. Uh, if you have a podcast, send it to us. We will subscribe. I like signal boosting people. Yeah, like man, we're about us. it. Um, I will probably uh, next week when we're on the show, I do want to uh, shout out some of the uh, other podcasts that we do follow. I need to get an actual list up here, and I want to shout them out because they're having big years too. So absolutely, and they do a lot of they do a lot of help retweeting with us. So uh, by all means, um, yeah, check us out on Twitter. Hell yeah, man! Well. 
pull the reins in here. Not Roman, but we're going to pull the reins in here and take the show back. We're going to tell you guys where you can check out the podcast. You had a gross no. visual in your head. Don't say it. I'm not pulling off <laughs> we're, reins. We're, we're talking about it. They wanted adult content. That's not the adult content we need. <laughs> not happening, my friend. Oh, God. I'm not jerking off a of Samoan. I'm sorry. <laughs> There's your show title. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! Episode season oh. five, episode eleven. Not jerking off a Samoan. There you go. <laughs> yep, that's definitely going to be it. But as always, folks, you can check out our hilariously oh, ridiculous podcast on the Journey into Comics Network at journeyintocomics.com. Get us on all those podcasting platforms oh. for you audio listeners. That's Apple Music. Amazon Music, Podbean, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Google Play, or Google Podcasts, TuneIn, CastBox, many others. Also, obviously, if you're here, you're seeing us in one of two places. Facebook Live, we love you. We appreciate you. Thank you for checking out our show. Make sure to start watch parties and retweet and, and, and share our shit. We love that. But also, if you're on YouTube, welcome to our channel. This is our second official episode on the channel and you're going to be seeing a lot more from us. You're going to be seeing things evolve and change as we evolve with professional wrestling. Buckles, anything else we need to throw at them before we roll? Merry fucking Christmas. Merry fucking Christmas <laughs> is right, you filthy animals. For Journey into Wrestling, Season 5, Episode 11. Not jerking off a Samoan. I'm Nate. Oh, God help me. I'm just... I'm. I'm I'm Rudolph. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> and as always, folks, we'll see you guys next time on another episode of Journey into Wrestling. Later, guys.